0: Join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome once again to this table. It's going to be a unique table today because we're going to talk trash. That's right. There's going to be some trash talk around this table. When I was growing up, my dad would occasionally announce, Robert, I'm going to need your help. We're going to the dump today. What that meant was that all the stuff down in our basement that had accumulated that we were not using anymore, Dad intended to clear out that portion of the basement, load it up in the truck, and toss it there at the city dump. We didn't have yard sales back then. We just threw things away. It's mind-boggling to me to realize, I wonder what toys I had as a kid, and they're out there in a landfill somewhere. And I would go with my dad to the dump and inevitably he would look around and he would see what other people had thrown away. And my dad would go and he'd grab a few things, load that back in the truck and bring them back home because he would look at what people had thrown away and he would see possibilities of what could be done with something, how it could be fixed, how it could be used. That's a beautiful story, parable of redemption. Today's Table Conversation, our special guest is Jimmy Omissial. Jimmy is from the country of Haiti. Jimmy found something in the trash that my father never did. Matter of fact, I think this may be the most amazing find that has ever been found in trash. You're going to be in awe. You're going to be inspired I think God's got some things to say across this table today through Jimmy, so we're going to get started. Glad to have Jimmy. i miss you all to today's table. Jimmy, welcome to the table.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's, it's
0: awesome, man. You are a friend of Steph and Denby Cherry. Yes, sir. And- Steph has been telling me about you for a while. She says, You need to talk to Jimmy. And Mm -hmm. I was hoping to do this face to face when I was planning on being in Mm -hmm. Texas this spring. That didn't happen. But, uh, and you're also a a good friend uh, of Christy Gunther. And Christy, uh, both Christy and Steph and Denby, all three of those have been on the podcast. So, So, welcome, man. You're like, Uh, you're like next generation.
1: (laughs) Thanks again for having me on the Redemption's
0: table. (laughs) You're welcome. It's great to be here. I understand you have an amazing story, which I believe everyone does, but yours in your short life, there's a lot packed into those chapters that has a sense of adventure and danger and discouragement and encouragement and how God's hand has just been been on your life. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. Um, like you said, it's uh, quite a journey. Uh, it's a rough, tough kind of journey uh, filled uh, with amazing moments, as well as some crazy moments. Um, first, I have to introduce myself, as you already uh, did it. Uh, my name is Jimmy, uh, a little boy from Haiti. Uh Haiti is considered as one of the poorest countries in the world, but Haiti is one of the beautiful countries in the world. If you take the time to look at the uh, outstanding uh, history of Haiti and the people there are full of love and full of spirit. And I am so fortunate to be able to grow up in that environment. And um Yeah. I'm from Haiti, and um, I live in Texas now, and um, I grew up with a single mother uh, with uh, my brothers. And growing up in Haiti, life uh, wasn't really easy because I had a single mom, and she didn't have a job, but somehow she managed to uh, get me and my brothers through high school by selling waters and secondhand clothes. It was tough, but somehow she did it. And that's why I'm so grateful for my mother and all the hard work that she put in order to help me and my brothers to get to where we are today, especially me.
0: What town in Haiti are you from? I've been to Haiti twice uh, as part of a mission teams. And I've gone into port Porto pay is where I've been. Where are you? What town are you? gunn is,
1: Port-au-Prince is the capital city. Uh is about three hours away from Port-au-Prince. It's a nice city. And yeah, it's a really nice city with really some cool people.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I understand the beauty of the country you're talking about. I've seen, seen its beauty, um, tasted the food, the people there, uh, they're genuine. Uh, there's a happiness and a a joy for those who have, uh, who have Jesus in their lives. Uh, but also, you know, there's a, you can see the hardness there, uh, Mm -hmm. in, uh, it's a world third world country literally within the shadow of the United States. I mean, so close, so accessible, real quick trip to get there. Uh, and yet it's a, it's a whole, it feels like in some ways an, another world away. And so this is your home. Yeah. And, uh, so you, you, your mom got you through school. You were, you were a student and, and not everybody had the opportunity to be in school, did they?
1: No, not, uh, every, uh, kid in Haiti uh, get that get that, gets that opportunity to be uh, able to go to school. Um, it, I was so fortunate, I can say, because my mom worked so hard, and sometimes we had uh, no food in the house, just water. Um, yeah, it's just that I, that that was the situation that I was I grew up in. Even though uh, I grew up in a really small home in a tiny house, but it was big. Uh, when you take the time to think about the love that surrounded our family, it was big. So,
0: and a lot of what people in this country are experiencing—some of them for the first time—suddenly having to do without or to in uh, <laughs> the things that we we think oh we're doing without and we're use the word very carefully here. It doesn't even come close to to things you've experienced, but think we're suffering because we're having to do without for a period of time. Uh, That's an everyday, that's just part of life. And it's part of life for people here in the United States here. I I don't mean to downplay that, but uh, you've experienced
1: that. Oh, yes. I have experienced a lot of, uh, like I would say, hardship and Growing up, didn't have this, didn't have that. And you have to figure things out to, to make things happen. You have to work really hard. And if you didn't have this, you don't complain. And you know, um, my mom couldn't really give me that. So just sometimes you just can, can't can do anything. And um, I think I've been formed by the experiences that I grew up Mm-hmm.
0: When you were growing up, um, what were the things that hurt you? And, and where was your hope?
1: Uh, what hurt is just that uh, I couldn't really uh, – sometimes it was hard for me uh, just to even, like, to go to school. And um, it, it was hurtful just to um, see – Okay, what hurt for me was the kids in Haiti, some kids that had no parents, some orphans that hurt me so bad, just to see them. um, And I know what it feels, I know what it means going up without a dad. And that was hurtful to see those kids without parents and see them on the streets um, doing nothing. That hurt me. And I began to envision the impact I could create, just to bring them hope. Even though I didn't have uh, that, but I was, I was thinking a way I could bring hope to others, and so I could bring hope to myself. So my talents and my talents are really centered around people and how to help them, especially the children. In Haiti, I was really good at uh, sports, and I began to teach him uh, about fitness and wellness.
0: Wow, that's yeah, a good timely word for everyone. You know that that to get hope, our you know to be a hope for others, to to help others, in, in the process that you're helping, it does something when your when your outlook is not on you it, or you're.
1: It, it, yes, and as I was growing up, I can say that um, I didn't really know my name, and I I, I knew my name uh, when I started loving on people. That's what I can still say, that I found hope in those children, and a way to be able to help them, to be there for them. And as I was being around them, it's a simple thing to do, just uh, to be there for them. And they really look up to me as a mentor and all the kids in the neighborhood and all the kids in the orphanage. Really, uh, I use myself as a way to be an example to them and teach them how to be successful and teach them about the word of God and anything I could do just to be a blessing. How did how did Jesus enter your life, Jimmy? Um when I was growing up, I there was I don't know if you remember as you've been to Haiti before, uh there was a big flood that happened in 2004 and um I was the only one with my mom in the house and I was the one who saved her from that uh, flood because our house was made of metal sheets and we couldn't go on the roof. So I had to climb a ladder and then push her back to go to another house. And by the time that we climbed that ladder and then the wall collapsed, (laughs) like in a few seconds the the wall collapsed. a lot of people died at that time. Mm. And as I was thinking about that and I was so Lilo and I was the one who saved my mom and my brothers were in the countryside and he got me into thinking and I've been going to church and I didn't really understand what the word, uh, word Jesus mean to me. And I went one day and talked to a pastor and I said, I think that has a plan for me because what happened, a lot of people, they were really strong and they died. And me, I wasn't the strongest, but I'm still alive. And I was able to save my mom. And I think God wants me to uh, show his glory to other people and tell him how great he is because he was able to save me from that flood.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I understand that God has used you to, to save another life, too. uh, uh Tell a little bit about, you you one time found a a baby.
1: Oh, yes. And um, like I said, as I was uh, living in Haiti, because there was a transition from living in Haiti, and I had to come to school to America. And it was still in the journey, you know, living in Haiti. And what I was doing uh, was uh, been volunteering in that orphanage, Mm -hmm. in an orphanage for a long time. And um what I was doing in Haiti was making bracelets. I've been taking trash to make beautiful things out of it. And it was he helped me and also it could help other people. It's like the three P people, profit, and planet. So what I was doing, he was helping me and the profit that I make. I was helping people with it. Mm-hmm. And I was helping the kids in Haiti with what I was making. I was using trash to make beautiful bracelets. And, um, and the kids in the orphanage, I used that to celebrate their birthdays. <laughs> and that's how I could give them hope. And all of them, they were so excited. They were so excited. Every time their birthdays were going to come up, they would come up to me and said oh, Jimmy, my birthday is next week. I said, oh, really? Great. So we're going to celebrate. So that gave him hope. And some of them didn't even know their birthdays, like the little ones. They would come up to me and say, my birthday is uh, January 25th. I said, really? <laughs> he was kind of funny. And um, some of them would come to me and they say they, their birthday is on 2020, 2023. I said, you're not even born yet. It's just the excitement, the hope that I gave him <laughs> through what I was doing, which was uh, take trash and make beautiful things happen. It's just like, I was making that, it could uh, benefit me and also benefit people and also it benefit the planet by recycling, taking trash and make beautiful bracelets. So I was doing that in Haiti and it was so cool to see that. And um, I feel so honored to be able to create uh, such joy, happiness among those children. And living in Haiti, and I got accepted to come to a school in America. It was a seminary school. And I was so excited. And my mom was sad because I was leaving, because I've never been away from my family. Mm -hmm. And um, as, the last day and they took me to the airport, uh, I was kind of sad too, and she was crying and she kissed me, uh, hugged me with tears and eyes. And I tried to remain calm and strong to tell her that everything was gonna be okay. And um, that was the, so I left Haiti and then I came to a seminary school here in America. I was in Longview, Texas, where I have dealt with a lot of racism.
0: Steph told me about that. You, you, um, you experienced that firsthand. I'm sorry. Oh uh, uh,
1: yeah, it was. Uh, it was tough to be able uh, to experience that, and uh, it was weird to for people to just look at you and think that you're unhuman. And I was labeled as Mister Darkness. Mm. and I'm deeply offended by that and um it was tough to be living in that situation and every time people will ask me how am I doing I would say that I am doing good I am fine which I wasn't so yeah it was tough going uh you know when the transition from Haiti to America and I had to experience uh such racism and um it wasn't that easy for me. Like, that's what I say, uh, my journey, it's a wealth tough kind of journey and it wasn't that easy. And I use the things that my mom has taught me to be able to continue and also the hope of God. And I kill all those things by, with kindness, like racism and discrimination. And, and as I was living in America, I still got the opportunity to go back to Haiti to serve the community and also help the orphans.
2: Okay. And on to,
1: in 2017, I went to Haiti in December to bring presents for the kids in the orphanage. And the kids didn't know I was there and I was going to surprise them. And on New Year's Eve, uh, that night, I was on my way to the orphanage. I was going to surprise the kids with a party. And it was about 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. And as I was on my way to the orphanage, I heard a commotion. Mm. I heard some people talking. I heard they were screaming in my mind. I thought they were just having fun because it was going to be the new year and i saw a lady she was kind of panicked and i said ma'am what's going on over there i heard some people were just talking uh she said oh you won't believe it Uh, they're throwing a baby and the trash over there i said really i couldn't believe in myself um the, I've always entitled to some degree of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to see what's going on. And the curiosity pushed me to go see what was going on. And when I got there, and it was so sad. I saw about 15 or 20 people that just staring at a baby lied on the pile of trash.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm sorry, I always get emotion every time I I shared a uh, that story and it was so sad to see the baby on the pile of trash crying and people there was there wasn't a single soul who wanted to do something about it. Mm. And some of the sayings were I'm not gonna touch that baby. They thought the baby was innocuous. He was cursed. They thought mm. that Is bad luck. If you touch the baby, something bad was going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. And I was there. I could feel the excruciating pain that he was feeling at that moment. And those people were like, no, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to touch that baby. For me, we're looking at the same thing, but we saw different things. They saw a cursed baby, but me, I saw living soul. I had some friends with me. I said, guys, I gotta do something about it. They said, Jimmy, are you crazy? How are you out of your mind? Those people have been here. They didn't do anything about it. And you think you're gonna do something about it? I said, guys, I gotta do something. It was kind of like sympathetic, like to feel what he was feeling at the moment. He was crying because he had fire and all over it. Hmm.
2: it
1: was he has to be there, and why does he have to suffer? Uh, it's its like a thought occurred to me that's him to be from the Lord. Like, Jimmy, you got to do something. And as I approached to uh, pick him up, people were kind of like, no way is he really going to do that. Because it's kind of like superstition. They thought that if I touch the baby and I'm going to die and something was going to happen to me right away. Mm. And he was crying. He didn't have any clothes on. And it was sad just to see that.
0: Uh, I can only imagine.
1: And I reached out and picked him up. And people were shocked. I thought that something was going to happen to me happen to me right away. I picked him up and I ran. I went to my mom's house. My mom was shocked Like, Jimmy, where are you going with that baby? I said, I found him. People didn't want to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I had to do something. And I couldn't let him die. And my mom helped me clean the baby and took the fire ants off of him. And um, after that, I had to uh, follow the legal process in order to protect him. And it didn't seem real to me that I found a baby. And um, I had to call a friend of mine who is a lawyer. And I said, I found a baby. What can I do about it? She said, oh, I've never dealt with anything like that. Maybe I need to call someone that has zero knowledge in this situation. Maybe they can help you. Because I heard that for some reason I wasn't supposed to pick him up. But I've learned that it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission yeah. when you're doing the right thing. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and that's what I did because I couldn't uh, let the I couldn't let him die. So after that, I had to follow the the, the legal process to protect him, and then there was a judge who came into place to verify that the baby was really left abandoned; it wasn't something that I made up. And um, we was getting all the details and information, and there was a lady passing by saying, "Oh, I saw a baby here earlier, lying on the uh, on the pile of trash." But I didn't put that baby there. I didn't want to do anything about it. And the judge took that lady as a witness that someone that saw it really happened. Was
0: it a newborn baby? Was it a one-year-old? I mean, how old was the child?
1: It was about three or four months old. Okay, and um, he was just tiny, and um, yeah, he was about that age because I had to take him to the doctor mm-hmm. to do some checkup on him, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do because later, as I as I was the one who found him, and then later when I was going to be asked to be his legal guardian. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because I found him and I didn't know if I was going to be asked to be his legal guardian because I didn't have anything Mm -hmm. and I was just there for a few weeks to visit my family and also to spend some time with the kids in the orphanage and I was going to come back to school and you asked me to be his legal guardian I was like no way. And um, they're asking me questions like if I can really give him a home, if I, if I can really give him a place, if I could really take care of him, I could be his legal guardian because uh, thinking about all those kids that are on the streets in Haiti, and if you can really take care of them, we don't want him to be in the same situation again. So that's why they gave me that task.
0: Have you seen the child, or do you know how the child's doing, or or, or today?
1: Okay. Um, okay, as I was the one who found him, mm-hmm. like I said, they asked me to be uh, his dad, uh, to take care of him, someone that can provide for him. I was confused, and I didn't really want to do it because I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. I've been living in America. I didn't really have a place to stay. Uh, Being homeless, like living on people's couches and didn't really have a place to stay. And Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about all this. I am unemployed. And um, I went and asked uh, some people some questions like, what do you think about that? Why is me? Because I I couldn't understand it. And then Mm -hmm. there was a friend who told me, he said, Jimmy okay, this is how I see it. Uh, Take a look at the, you know, when I look at the, take take the time to look at uh, the beautiful heart, the beautiful uh, soul of yours, you will understand why you've been given that task. I know you were the one who found him. There is a reason for that. It wasn't an accident. I think God can use that story to help other people, and you need to consider that. And yeah. when He told me that, I think it was maybe a God voice for me to say yes to God, but not yes to myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, as we're talking right now, I think this story too is a story of redemption.
0: Yeah. It sure is.
1: It's really God can use any situation and turn it to be a beautiful thing, like miracle. And when you say that you wanted to invite me to your podcast, I was very excited because it's really a story of redemption. And yeah, and then we can bring glory to God. And, um, Yes, I didn't know how I was going to be able to take care of the baby. But I say yes to God, but not yes to myself. And um, as I was thinking about that too, there was a wise man uh, once told me that if you keep thinking on the things that you cannot do, it will uh, feed your fear and it will starve your faith. Sometimes you're just going to take a step of faith and let God lead you and he will lead you the way. And, um, I am very, uh, I'm so glad the fact that God has given me the opportunity to transform his life from trash to treasure. And it's a story of redemption. Uh, like we can, Take, uh, for example, David, he was from Babylon, but he wasn't really doing the things that people were doing. And also the baby I found him in the trash, but it's not from the trash because he didn't really smell like trash. And he was, he's still, he's a precious living soul. And yeah. I could say that, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about uh, taking and making bracelets from trash and then talk about your your ultimate goal and reason for doing it, I'm like, man, you're taking, you're, you're redeeming trash and turning it into parties, you know, to bring joy and to find a child like this. And then when no one would, would go toward the child and you saw a living soul, Um, It's really a perspective when we look at other people, just like you were, you came to Texas to go to school, and while in Texas you were exposed to American racism, which again, that's somebody looking at somebody and seeing no worth, they don't see the image of God, uh, but you do, And, and that's the right perspective because... We are all created in God's image, but that's a, that's really the root of a lot of sin. Is when we look at another person and we see an object, or we see we don't see the the image of God in that person. Uh, we devalue whether that be a baby on you know, a pile of garbage or, or a man who is going to school or walking the streets of, of Texas or your neighborhood or my neighborhood. So yeah, redemption is all over your story. Jim. Uh, you are, you're, you're like the rest of us at this point, we are staying in place, but you had something come up that, uh, something happened where you could not get back into Haiti. And so you're kind of, you're in a weight inside a weight, so to speak. Um, uh, you know, where are you in this journey at this particular moment? I mean, I know you're trying to get back to Haiti. You need to get back to Haiti, but that the doors kind of closed the end of end of 2019. And so share a little bit about where you are right at this present time.
1: Uh right at this present time, I'm just uh relying on God. And I been really going to school and been relied on donations and because I couldn't really work and people have been really uh I'm so very grateful for the fact that I have a support of so many people and I have so many people in, in my life that can be there for me and I've been sitting and thinking about all these and I think it's it's all in God's hands there's nothing really I can do other than just let God uh, take over my life, and been struggling a lot. And I wanted to go back to Haiti uh, last year in December, but I couldn't go because of the political unrest that they had over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this school year too, I was gonna go to school, and unfortunately, I couldn't afford for school and I had to uh, take a break from school. That's how I can say it. And um, and then now I'm just here and still having the smile on my face. And I think uh, uh, my humbleness and kindness uh, have, you know, seem to have, uh, seem to make people think that I have no struggle, which I have. And I still, you know, people always see me as the boy with a smile on his face. But I think that's what keeps me going. It's the the joy. And, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best conversations I have, Jimmy, are, are those that are most vulnerable. Where I don't have to pretend to be the guy who's got it all together. I don't have to pretend to have all the answers. If I'm going through a day where I'm not. I'm not up. And, uh, for whatever circumstance, just dealing with some emotion, which all of us do. And the people that I can say, here's how I am, you know, just as I am, this is where I am, which is how God accepts us. This is how Jesus accepts us. He doesn't say, you know, uh, you get you 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 reach these ten objectives, and then you and I can have a conversation, or you pretend that everything's okay, because he you know he can look through walls, man. He can look right through our hearts and see when things are are not in line. And the most refreshing conversations and genuine conversations are those where I, I can be me, not the me a person wants me to be, but the me who I am at that particular moment. Uh, joys and sorrows altogether. Uh, strengths and weaknesses all together, God working in and in and through it all.
1: Yeah. And I wanted to add that to uh uh to the story of the baby and um and then it's it's bad when you are blind, but I think it's worse when you have eyes you cannot see. Yeah. And I was uh thinking how they couldn't really see there was a precious living soul laying on the pile of trash to save him. And, um, what I've learned from that too is that sometimes we miss God, God's provision because he's disguised as the problem. It didn't look the way we expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to expect the unexpected when we are working with, when we are walking with God. I think that's how we have to put it and pray to God to open our spiritual eyes to see how God sees and to think how God thinks and help us understand other people and be able to be a blessing. And um, I think the story really has come with a lot of uh, success and as well as some challenges. And I enjoy every minute of it. And... um, and yeah, even though it's hard sometimes, but I still think there is redemption in any situation. And yeah. God yeah. can always reveal himself.
0: Yeah. John Claypool was an American pastor several years ago and he was also also an author. And one of to me his most famous quote God's middle name is surprise. And I like that, and it's true. It's just the unexpected in our lives, and those unexpected, spontaneous moments we didn't plan, things that came about, turn out to be many, many times the greatest gifts that we are given during the courses of our weeks and in our our lives. We can make our plans, but God, you know, it's the, the... The turn in the trail, the unexpected, things like a pandemic. Uh, You know, even this morning I had the thought and I'm thinking maybe I need to write this or encourage people, but just start asking the question, are you having a good pandemic? Which I'm sure would strike many people as odd, maybe even in some cases insensitive, because there are people who are struggling and who have lost loved ones um, who are sick themselves. But uh, that's a different perspective. Uh, I want to come out of this time, having redeemed the, the time, having learned what I was intended to learn during this or this wait, this worldwide wait. And uh, I'm if it ended tomorrow, I woke up this morning. I also, thought this. I thought you know, if it ended tomorrow, I'm not sure I learned it. I'm not sure I've redeemed the time uh, totally, uh, and I want to do that. That's that's a, a big desire in my heart.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was uh, been living my life, and I know that uh, I know my family knows that too. God has placed a passion in my heart to help people and to be a blessing to them, and I have always wanted to do something brave. And um I think when I found the baby I uh I was thinking, oh maybe that was something great because I, I never thought I could do such a thing. But it was amazing, it was great to be able to uh save uh his life and be able to be a blessing to, to him and help him in um, the way I can and yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just you know, keep saying yes to every opportunity before you. Uh you know, i need to I need to hear those words myself and and then those who are listening to the podcast you know it's just when you have these moments like that
1: yeah you know. oh we 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 all have, have struggles and um sometimes the way we uh react to them will determine how close you are to god how how your heart is and for me and I always take it wisely and anything that happens in my life and anything that happened to me, I always take it in a way that I'm not going to let that steal my joy. I'm not going like, to let that take away uh, my happiness. I always take it in a wise way and think about it and see if that really uh, means for me to uh, worry about. So that's how I've really been uh, living my life in a sense to be a uh, blessing the, you know, spread the joy and happiness to other people. And I think that's me. And that's what people always, um, I wanted to add that to when I was in Haiti, uh, living with the kids and and I, uh, them the sense of hope, and they will come up to me and say, Jimmy candy, uh, Jimmy cookie, uh, Jimmy, uh, popcorn, you know, they call me different names. <laughs> and one day I said, why don't you guys call me Jimmy Everything? Because Jimmy Candy, Jimmy Cookie. <laughs> because I gave them a sense of hope because they know they can get something from me. And it made me happy because I could uh, be of help to them. And it's always made me feel renewed every time I get the opportunity to serve them, to love on them so i think if i could keep doing that really that will make me feel brand new all the time just by serving and helping others and happen to be great and inspiring
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. let's start calling you jimmy h-e-b <laughs> jimmy h-e-b or, or better yet jimmy jimmy bread of life and living water
1: <laughs> great uh-huh. I mean,
0: I've enjoyed the visit, and uh, I'm going to encourage the listeners to keep praying for your journey. I don't think, you know, everybody has a unique story. Yours has some some tremendously unique turns, and it's my belief. How can any story as unique as as yours not end to the glory of God? Not continue on to the glory of God? And you definitely have a heart uh, for redemption. You see in others what uh, God sees uh, and uh, so you, you're, you've started the journey well and I want to encourage you to keep, keep running it well uh, how can the last question <clears throat> before I uh, go back to the folks who are listening how can we pray for you
1: right now Jimmy uh, I would say pray for uh, wisdom uh, strength peace and courage and and so financially, because I've been struggling a lot, sometimes I don't know what to do uh where to go and even to uh to afford tuition for school. It has been really a struggle to me and also to take care of the baby. I know I've taken the task uh, to take care of him, sometimes I will stay hungry to feed him mm-hmm. Uh, I think I need prayers uh, for that too for strength and um, wisdom.
0: Okay. Mm You got it. So the baby is living
1: in Haiti. The baby is living in Haiti. His name is Emilio Angel and my mom is taking care of him. So she took care of me but now she has to take care of my son.
2: Okay. And
1: I'm in the uh, process of adopting him and I, I need prayers for that too. And so you can come along and so he can be with me too because I'm trying to do that while I'm in school I can have him here and um,
0: wow you know a moment ago when you're talking about no one would want to touch the baby and you felt led to go do what no one would do that's what Jesus does in our life when Jesus touches a life he, he he takes responsibility for it Mm-hmm. and of course and, <clears throat> go ahead
1: and there is a place of honor for those who set themselves aside to attend to others needs yeah and that I, I always been on my mind thinking there is a place of honor and then you have just have to uh, let anything uh, go and to, to pick up something great for God.
0: yeah mm-hmm well, Jimmy, just uh, spending this, these moments with you is blessed my afternoon and, and brightened my afternoon. And I know your story is going to speak to hearts who, uh, who are tuned into this and who listen when we release it. So for those of you listening to the podcast, <clears throat> we want to say thank you for being with us and keep looking up, keep trusting God. And until next Monday morning, we'll be right back here. Party of Redemption, your table is available. Thank you once again, Jimmy.
1: Oh yeah! Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and I want to tell, uh, you, you know, the, the audience that you know one last thing is that uh, you, you can have a dark past, but that can't. Uh, you can still have a bright future. The fact that you have a dark past, you can still have a bright future, and keep holding on to God, and He, he has some I mean like great stuff for you ahead, and you can still find redemption and, and His name. Yeah, wow. And thank you so much for having me on the Redemption Stable. And I enjoy our conversation. And I was able to uh, share a little bit of my journey, my rough, tough kind of journey. But I enjoy every minute of it. And, uh, well, yes. I'm looking
0: forward to reading your book. Your, your sure. Work. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: uh-huh. part of what you're doing right now. So Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Uh, and I think you have a, definitely have a story to tell. And a story that God can use, he's already used. So thank you, man. Appreciate it.